And so what we're seeing these days is that there was a gospel revolution. Amen? Because the law for many centuries has been on the church. And we know that it's the ministry of death. And it's been killing the church. And it's been saying, you have to do this. And you have to do that. And you must do this. Otherwise, God doesn't love you. You'll lose your salvation. You know, you know, and, and the have-tos have been on the church. And in the grace revolution, we've been taking the have-tos off the church. Amen? So that the nature of God and the grace of God and the life of God can rise up on the inside of people and be expressed to the world around us. Amen? And so we've taken the have-tos off people and now the want-tos are starting to arise. And there's things that I want to do. Amen? How many of you, you've found that being born again and discovering the grace of God has led to things that you want to do? There is great exploits that you want to do. Amen? How many of you want to pray for the sick and see them healed? How many of you want to see the world around you touched by the love of Jesus? How many of you want to walk into a room where there are demonized people and see those demons run for their lives? (laughs) How many of you get angry when you see someone suffering under sickness? How many of you inside of you, there's just like this righteous indignation and you think, how dare the enemy steal from those people any longer? That is not right. Jesus paid for that at the cross. How dare the enemy ravage those people of the life of God? Something inside of you wants to fight for those people. Amen? And so there's things that are rising up on the inside of us. How many of you want to overcome every temptation that you ever faced with in life? Can I ask, how many of you want to just rest and sit back and just let the devil destroy your life? Anybody? How many of you want to just sit down and just let any temptation come and land on you and you just give in to it and you just keep sinning because we're in grace and it's okay? Anybody? Sorry, did I see a hand? No. No, you want to resist sin, amen? How many of you want to resist sin? What is that? Is that the law telling you to resist sin? Is that the nature of God on the inside of you telling you to resist sin? Amen. How many of you want to fight for the lives of your loved ones? Is that the law telling you you need to do that? Do you think that that's the new nature, the life of God on the inside of you, the love of God that's on the inside of you, compelling you to want to go and reach the lost with this message of grace? Yes? Well, there's, there's people around the world now that are, that are preaching a fatalistic grace that is like a do-nothing theology, and they're making us feel bad for wanting to do things. (laughs) And there's many pastors here that you've probably faced some of that stuff in your church. And you're a grace man and you've preached the grace of God and, and you've preached that we can go out and resist sin and we can do mighty works and people have called you a legalist. Has anybody ever experienced that kind of thing? Am I, am I speaking to anybody here today? 
And you start, you're trying to, you're trying to lead your church and you're trying, to, you're trying to stir your church to go and do great exploits for God and to go do mighty things for God and people are calling you a legalist. And people are saying, stop striving. Stop working so hard. You go, are, we, are we going back to works? Is our church going back to works? You, you, you're putting us back under performance. But meanwhile... It's the life of God that's rising up on you and you can see it rising up in your congregation and you're wanting to take a hold of that and lead people into it. Amen? And so what I'm saying today is I want you to have a boldness in God to rise up in this time and to preach the word of God and to begin to speak to the people in your church and and to not be afraid of people accusing you of being a legalist. And to not be afraid of people accusing you that you're going back into works. Amen? It takes gutsy men and women. It takes gutsy pastors to rise up in this time and to lead in this grace revolution. And, and to lead your churches into, in your, into the destiny that God has for your churches. Because I'm telling you now, like Martin said, there are people trying to stop you from doing that. And the enemy is behind it. There are people that are trying to rob you and rob your church of moving in the kingdom of God and moving in the signs and the wonders and the power of God. And the way they do it is they're trying to tell you that you're into performance. And I want to tell you this morning, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are a man of God and he has put you in that place to speak the word of God to those people and to lead your people and to lead them boldly and to lead them strongly and to lead them into the purposes of God. Amen. Come on. And I tell you, this is the the day of the local church. The local church is rising up on the earth today. Amen. And I tell you, honor is coming back to the leaders of local churches. There are a bunch of rascals and rebels out there that are attacking you and they're attacking the church and they're, you know, and we're not fighting them. We're fighting against the principle because the enemy hates the church because he knows what happens when the church is the church. The world gets touched. The world sees Jesus. The world gets healed. The world gets saved. And so the enemy targets the church. Amen. He targets the local church and he, and he has all kinds of things that he tries to undermine the church and he tries to undermine leadership. This whole new organic church rubbish that has been going around. Is that okay, Paul? Am I allowed to... Is this going to rattle some feathers? Or? Some of you have been faced with this organic church poison that's trying to come into your church. I want to tell you, it's from the pit of hell. I hate it. It stinks. It's disgusting. It is not from God. It is from the devil. Because it is anti-leadership. They, they, people say, no, we must just gather together in a, in a house somewhere and the Holy Spirit will choose the time and we're just spirit led and no one's really the leader because, you know, we don't want to have to sit and listen to one person and, and, and we don't have to meet in a building and we don't have to look at the back of other people's heads. You know, we're all priesthood of all believers and the spirits in all of us and you know, blah, 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 And the Bible says, no. There are apostles, there are prophets, there are evangelists, there are pastors, there are teachers to equip the saints so that the saints will build the church up into the fullness of the living God. Amen. God is going to display his glory through the church to the world. It's not the organic church, it's the orphan church. 
It's a bunch of orphans, people that don't honor fathers, people that don't know the father. They've just caught a little bit of grace, and in their hearts, they're rebels, and they're attacking the church. And, the sm- and when it, whatever time it is, I want to say it's a day to rise up and to be strong. Amen? It's a day of the local church. It's a day where leaders need to have guts and to be strong and to lead and not be afraid of being accused of being a controlling leader or an abusive leader or a legalistic leader. To hell with all that rubbish. I don't care about that stuff. I'm secure. I know that I love Jesus. I know that I've been called with a purpose. I know that this is the day of the church, of the local church, and I'm going to lead in the local church because that is the hope for humanity. Amen? some glory up on this stage here. (laughs) This is the the season and the era and the day of the local church. The universal church is expressed through the local church. It's not some out there, nebulous, ethereal, floating, invisible you know, thing just, we're just all the church and we're all brothers and sisters, amen. And we can just go anywhere. And no, God puts shepherds to look after sheep, flocks of people and congregations, and he puts the lonely in family. And, and where you come under the accountability of shepherds and they are responsible to you to, under God. To love you, to lead you, to feed you, to correct you when the enemies kind of take you off course. And they do it because they love you and they want the best for you. Amen? It's a year of divine order. God is bringing divine order back to the church. And there's a bunch of little rebels and rascals and scallywags just trying to undermine your ministry and undermine your leadership and undermine your authority and call you all kinds of things. But it's time for you to stand up and say, God has called me to be a leader in this church. He has given me the authority and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to lead in this church. And I don't care what anyone says about me and says against me. And I don't care if half the church leaves because they don't like it. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to love people and we're going to fulfill the purposes of God for our church. Amen. Come on. So you've got people saying, we don't need to resist sin because we are already forgiven. We don't pray because Jesus did it all at the cross. We don't seek God because he already found us. So we don't have to seek God because he already found us. And meanwhile, your heart, you're like, but, but I love seeking God. I love just uh, pressing into his presence. I love just worshiping him. And I feel unsatisfied if I'm feeling far away. And I want to press into him. And I want to encounter Jesus. And so I want to seek him. And then some smart person comes and says, You don't need to seek him anymore. He's already found you. You know? So, you know, pastor, stop preaching that stuff. You know, just stop preaching that's having to... You're just striving. You're putting people under, the, under works again in the flesh, you know? We don't seek God to get union with Him. We already have union with Him because of what Christ did. Amen? We don't seek Him anymore for union. Yes, under the old covenant, we, we were seeking Him and trying to keep the law and stuff in hope that we would be saved. But in the new covenant, 
We've been united with Christ. Amen. We have union. So we're not seeking God to get union. We're seeking him for intimacy. Amen. I don't seek my wife to try to get married to her. <laughs> I'm already married to her. But I seek her because I love her. And, if I, and I could just ignore her and say, well, we're married. You know? And she's like, Ryan, I love you. Come, let's spend time. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're married. Stop striving. Stop trying to, stop seeking me. <laughs> stop trying to get me to seek you. You know, we're married. Don't you know that? <laughs> it's the same kind of rubbish that people are saying in the church today. No, I don't seek her for union, for, for, for marriage. We've already got that. Duh, I know that. I seek her because I love her and I want intimacy with her. And she's my wife. And she's beautiful, and I adore her, and I can't resist her. (laughs) And Jesus is adorable, and we cannot resist him. He is awesome, and I love being in his presence, and I love seeing his face, and I love feeling his touch, and I love his glory, and I don't walk in that every day. Yes, Christ is in me, and yes, you know, I'm seated in heavenly places, but I don't experience that encounter and that intimacy automatically you have to seek him to experience it amen come on come on we don't evangelize because god has reconciled the world to himself at the cross i think i can go to the next one i think you guys get that <laughs> we don't give financially because we already have every blessing in christ and so a lot of these organic church people they hate the fact that pastors receive a salary or pastors take up offerings and they and they make you feel all funny about offerings and money and stuff and meanwhile they are just poverty stricken they have a poverty mindset they have an orphan mindset and they're just jealous and all that other kind of rubbish the fact is god is a generous god amen and god believes in his church and the church costs money to run and so people need to own the 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 purpose and the burden of the church together and yes i believe in this church i believe in the future and the destiny of this church that is why i'm giving into the life of the church i'm committing myself financially to this church so that this church can fulfill the purposes of god and i'm not just going to sit back and eat and and trying to eat for free every week and just think you know (laughs) amen We give because we own the vision of the church. Amen? And they're always trying to get money out of me. Well, maybe if you just gave it, they wouldn't have to try so hard. (laughs) Maybe if you just had a generous heart and a generous spirit and believed in the local church, they would, all all we'd need to do on Sunday is say, let's take up the offering and that's it. (laughs) But some churches have to try to, just try to, get it out of you and get it out of us you know it's like trying to draw water out of a stone play hard to get with god no you know the number one reason why i give the number one reason why i give because i have my father's nature and my father is a generous father amen for god so loved the world that he gave 
his son. Nobody has to try to twist my arm to be generous. I love to give. And I especially love to give to the gospel. Because then you're actually giving into eternity. Your giving is affecting eternity. Amen. Woo. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just release a spirit of grace over everyone here right now. Oh, the grace, the grace of the living God. Oh, in Jesus' name, the grace of giving, the grace of giving. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the Macedonian church that gave out of their extreme poverty and the the living God overwhelmed them. The grace of God overwhelmed them and they gave according to their ability and then they gave even beyond their ability. Why? Because they started to get into God's ability and they got into God's grace and they began to give not according to their ability but according to God's grace working inside of them. I read a scripture the other day. I'd never seen this before. I forget where it was and what translation it was in, so I need to go and look it up. But it was speaking about the Macedonian church and those believers. You remember how they, Paul said he, they begged him that, 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 they, that they could partake in the offering to the ministry of the saints? To the, into the gospel and into lives being touched with the gospel. The Macedonian church begged Paul. I read, a, I read a scripture the other day. I read a version that says, and they addicted themselves to the giving of, to the saints, to the ministry of the saints. They addicted themselves. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever heard anything like that before in your life? <laughs> Imagine if the church addicted addicted themselves to giving into the gospel. Oh! <laughs> that is a good word. It's, it's like the opposite. The, 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 the church is like going the opposite way, like that poverty, poverty. Just, 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 oh, I just got to hold on and just, you know, just keep it and stop trying to get it out of me. No, the Macedonian church addicted themselves. It was the grace of God. It was their decision. No one tried to twist their arm. No one tried to come up with a clever sermon to to get money out of them. God's love was inside of them. They caught the vision of the church. They caught the vision of the gospel. They caught the vision of the nations of the world. And they addicted themselves. Oh man, That's, that's awesome. We don't submit to authority and leadership because we are led by the Spirit and free from control. Hmm. Sounds so pious. It it, it, it almost sounds right, doesn't it? (laughs) The only problem is you'd have to throw away the Bible to believe that. We don't submit to leadership anymore and authority. You know, I'm under the authority of Jesus, you know, not under the authority of man. I mean, that sounds like wonderful, doesn't it? A pity it's wrong. Pity it will destroy your life. (laughs) It will. Because you need other 
people in your life and you need leaders in your life. You need pastors in your life. You need apostles in your life. You need people around you that can challenge you. You need people around you that you can submit yourself to. Not everyone, but the, your, your pastor, at least your pastor, that, is, that has got a calling by God to shepherd you. And you as a faithful sheep, as a good submissive sheep, submit to your leader. Submit to your shepherd. Why? Because as you're doing that, you, it's, you are submitting to God. God has given them authority not to abuse you and control you, but to bring the best out in you. Amen. We need to get back to a coaching culture in the church where we coach each other. World champion sports stars all have a coach. They all have coaches. You, you see, many Christians, they're they frustrated because they know that they've got all these things inside of them that they want to do for God. They want to pray for the sick. They want to reach the lost. They want to prophesy. They want to move in the gifts. They want to lead worship. They want to plant churches, but they're not doing it. They're not seeing those things happen, and they live frustrated, and they don't know how to walk into those things. They want to step into those things, but they don't know how to step into those things. And they live with a sense of frustration. How many of you have got things in your life that you know you've been called to by God to do, but you're not walking in them? You're not seeing them happen in your life. Amen? Like you've got a passion in your heart to pray for the sick and see them get healed. You know that God's called you to be an evangelist and to lead people to Christ. You know that he's called you. You know that he's gifted you, but you're not seeing it happen and you're wanting to see it happen. You know what? You need a coach in your life. You need to submit yourself to a coach. The world champion sports stars. I watch a lot of UFC. Come on. Had to, had to get it in there somewhere. I watch a lot of Ultimate Faith Church. <laughs> ultimate Fighting Church. No, Ultimate Fighting Championships. Okay, that, all that fighting, all that cage, barbaric. No, it's actually very technical. <laughs> it's actually a sport. <laughs> I don't want to say, but it's actually the world's fastest growing sport, but, you know, just saying, no. The, the world, the, let me just say this, they're the best fighters in the world, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you don't agree, but they are the best fighters in the world. You put any other fighter in the octagon with a UFC fighter, and they are finished. <laughs> Whatever, that's not even important, all right? <laughs> that's my flesh, okay? That right there, that is my flesh, Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but man, my flesh loves the UFC. <laughs> but if I went and, and got inside the octagon with those fighters, my flesh would not like the UFC. <laughs> I'd get smashed. <laughs> but one thing I noticed is that some of the, the champions, John Jones, Anderson Silva, Junior Del Santo. Oh, come on. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Munez, the Filipino wrecking machine, yeah? The, oh, hey, where'd that come from? <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> hey? They got coaches. The world champions, okay? The best of the best fighters in the world. Anderson Silva, the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the history of mankind, all right? I'm serious. The greatest fighter of all time. You watch that guy. He's 
Yeah, the spider. It's like he's got eight arms. I mean, it's, got, it's like he's got eight limbs. You know, the guy's grabbing both of his hands and both of his legs, and he still punches you. <laughs> but even Anderson Silva, the greatest fighter in the world, has coaches. It's amazing how the world understands the concept of coaching and having people around us that recognize our potential and they challenge us and they push us and they confront us and they correct us and they point out our weaknesses. They show us our weaknesses. Oh, stop condemning me. Stop condemning me. No, they're loving you. They're loving you enough to point out your weaknesses. They're loving you enough to show you where you can improve. And get better and be more effective. Amen? Come on. We need to see the church coming back to a coaching culture where we're not afraid, where we're not afraid to have people challenging us. The, the, the thing with human, like human nature, we don't like it when someone challenges us. Amen? Like we feel insecure and, oh no, I've, 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 I've had a weakness exposed in my life. Oh no. We need to learn how to like correction. We need to learn to embrace challenge. We need to get over our pride. It's just pride that doesn't want to look weak. Amen. That's what it is. It's just pride. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. And, you know, and we, we try to dress it up as legalism and control and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's just pride because we don't want to look bad. We want to look like we've got it all together and we're great. The only problem with that is if you don't have it all together and you're not great and you're frustrated and you're not walking in your destiny and you, and you are rejecting coaches in your life, you're never going to accidentally come into your destiny. It's not just going to suddenly happen. You need people around you that can help you. That is why the God, God brings people into family. Amen? And he brings fathers into our life. And he brings brothers into our life. And he brings sons into our life. It's so that the fathers can... Father us and mentor us and encourage us and celebrate and, and, and help us to come into our calling in God. Amen. There's no such thing as isolated Christianity, independent Christianity. I tell you, those, that is why it is, is the season of the local church. And, and this whole independent Christianity and it's just me and Jesus and I just live in isolation, that stuff needs to come to an end. People need to get over their pride, they need to get over their hurt, they need to get healed, and they need to find, get back into church and get under the authority of pastors and shepherds and coaches and people around them so that they can come into their destiny and so that they can help other people come into their destiny. In Jesus' name, amen? We don't build the church because Jesus is building the church. He is building the church, but we're also building the church with him. There's a lot of scriptures that actually talk about us building the church. Prophecy. He gave us the gift of prophecy to build up the church. And there's many other scriptures that we're called to partner with God into the building up of the church. We don't serve because we're now sons of God, not servants or slaves. We are sons who serve in the house of God. 
And if you forget that you're a son, then you'll become the older brother, the slave. That's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a son. You'll become a, you know, you'll become a slave inside the house. But if you're a, if you're a son and you forget that you're a servant, you'll become an orphan outside of the house, like the prodigal son. He forgot that he was a servant inside of the house. Now, I'm a son, so I'm just going to go and be a son in the world. Give him my inheritance so I can go and be a son. He forgot that he was actually called to also be a, a son who serves in the father's house. So we're sons who serve in the father's house. Paul, often he said, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. I don't even know if he ever says, Paul, a son of God. He refers to himself as a servant. Amen. We're called to serve in the church of the living God, in the house of God. Jesus, you know, we we talk about the work. Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do, and greater works. And we all think he's talking about miracles. Yes, I want to walk in the greater works. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be your servant. And he took off his outer robe and he got down on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. How many of you want to do the works Jesus did in greater works? To be a servant in the house of God and to serve other people. To stop trying to be the big shot and it's all about me, but actually love other people and serve other people. I believe some of you need to step up in your serving of your pastor. You need to serve your pastor. You need to serve your leader. You need to honor him by serving him. God is bringing back honor to the church. Anyway, there's lots and lots of things that I can say. Is that how much time we got? Four minutes. All right. Hmm? I want to pray for the pastors that are here. And I want the rest of us to pray for them as well. And we're going to release the honor of God towards these pastors. And we're going to release the strength of God towards these pastors. And we're going to release the love of God and the glory and the power of God. And we're going to release our honor to these pastors. Amen. And you pastors, get ready to receive the honor, okay? I know that you are servants. You are servants in the house of God. Your heart is to serve, but God has called you to lead the church. And, the, and, and, and today, as we're praying for you, I just want you to receive a fresh grace in God, a fresh ability in God to lead the church that you're in or to, to be a part of the, the leadership of the church that you're in. So can I have all the pastors that are, you're, you're an elder, you're a pastor, you might be leading the church, or you may be supporting the leader, the senior pastor, you're a, you're a pastor in a church. Can you please stand right now? Just the pastors, only the pastors, pastors and their wives. Hey, this is Ryan, and I hope you enjoyed this message. If so, I want to encourage you to consider partnering with New Nature Ministries and help us take this gospel further. As a thank you gift, you'll receive a free e-copy of all my books. To find out how you can partner with us and to get more great content, just head over to newnatureministries.org and may His peace bless you in every way.